Supplement now to the Overthinking Podcast. I am your host Matthew Rather, and I'm here with Ryan Sheely. I thought I thought we decided on these fucking teenagers. It was these fucking teenagers, just the episode name for the for the last one. Well, here's the thing: if we do, and and let me put this out to the whole audience: if we do these fucking teenagers, right? We can't. And by the way, this is not PG-13, and we will not. Uh, this is R-rated, and we will be uh, disregarding any sensitivity you may have to spoilers. Fair warning. Um, if we put these fucking teenagers, we can't put fucking on iTunes, right? They, I, I don't think they'll let it in as the title. But, um, you know, uh, so it'll be these effing teenagers. And then do you want to call it the, these effing teenagers podcast? That sounds stupid to me. Well, but we can still say fucking when we, you know, I think that... I think that people are are savvy to the abbreviation of of curse words. You know, we're not. Yeah. We're not um, I mean, we can put it. All right. Well, welcome, welcome to the these fucking teenagers podcast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's done. And, done. <laughs> Check. Okay. And uh, we'll probably have a subtitle so that we can, you know, pack it full of a lot of uh, keywords like these fucking teenagers, you know, Gossip Girl Glee and the teen soap sex extravaganza or something like that. Uh, the sociology of teen sex, teen soaps, uh, sex extravaganzas. <laughs> Maybe just sex extravaganza. Well, then we won't get all the people who are searching sociology in iTunes. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, with all the other sociology uh, podcasts. Actually, there's people who search sociology sex extravaganza. <laughs> I'm going to Google that. Wow. <laughs> sex traffic ganza. Oh, that's terrible. All right. It is uh, before we've been recording the shows on Tuesday nights. It is now Thursday night, October 8th. As we record this, this will go live October 9th. On the site, so we are uh, caught up with both Glee and Gossip Girl for this week, uh, which is actually an advantage of doing it at this time. And so we'll 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 see whether this is the uh, this is the one to keep. So, so we have we have a name, but we don't have a set time or day of the week. So we 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 like to keep a little bit of uncertainty in the proceedings. It right. keeps things fresh. And we'll um we'll uh. I guess, you know, I, this weekend maybe I'll spin this podcast off into its own feed. So next week uh, will probably be the last one that you, uh, that you get on the Overthinking It, uh, the Overthinking it podcast feed. But uh, enough business. Let's – oh, you'll have to subscribe to it separately. And if you hate these and are an Overthinking It podcast subscriber, you'll be glad to know that they will disappear soon. And, but and, we will, but we will email you uh, a full <laughs> AIFF file right. uh, of all our high quality uh, ramblings we every take, week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll take this is like uh, seven hundred or eight hundred megabytes uncompressed, <laughs> and we will we will clog up your Gmail. That's with, right. Uh, with all of these things. Also, if you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Fuck That's right. You, right. Because yeah. we don't care. We don't no. care. This is not a show for the haters. No, it's not a show for a show for the haters. It's for a show for lovers. Well, let's, um, I mean, speaking of haters, can we start uh, at the end of our outline? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. There's been uh, glee, that's what outlines are for. There's been a glee backlash on overthinking it, and Belinky and Lee and uh, you know, like the and some of the commenters, right? Are uh, Lee's. Um, 
comment is that it, Lee's objection is that it strains credulity. Belinky's objection is that it is not well written. Uh, Which I think is actually an objection that he also had about Gossip Girl. So, like, I mean, you can think of this uh, this podcast as kind of Belinky Prime. It's all of the things <laughs> that, that we like that, that, that Belinky... That Matt, yeah, that Matt does that, not that, like. That, that, that Matt finds himself uh, smarter than. Yeah. <laughs> or a better writer. He's been yeah. He's read the Robert McKee book, you know, and, like... Uh, yeah, what is that? I, I saw how to break a story. Oh well, I yeah, I know. I was kind of. I saw that diss. <laughs> and you, oh, don't tell me about this. You know, I, I think, was kind of being. I was kind of being a dick to Matt. It's payback though for the uh, for the hipster comment all those many months ago. Right, right. Um, which you know, I don't know. Could have been could have been targeted at you or me equally in the specific <laughs> descriptions that he used. It's like you know, I wear skinny jeans. I sit in Starbucks and type on my MacBook. I like Vampire Weekend, right? Though um, though you are. I mean, I I bow to you in all matters, hipster ish. I'm, you yeah, know, I, that that hasn't be, been me for at least eighteen months. Right, I mean, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, no, you liked those things when they were novel. Right, exactly. What, what are we on now? Are we on the uh, the like yeah. sh- the short sleeve plaid uh, button up shirt? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's still a holdover on that. It's, I think it remains to be seen what the, I mean, I guess that's more of a, a year round in LA, um, you know, in, in, on the East coast where, we're uh, where we're running out of that. No, you know, now it's, uh, for me, it's, it's, uh, still a fair amount of plaid, but a lot of, a lot of tweed blazers with uh, elbow patches. Right. Right. Yes. And, and I should mention my, uh, my co-host on this podcast is an academic, is a real live, uh, university teacher. That's right. Um, and so I think that, you know, so it's a pipe and, uh, and tweed and, <laughs> and leather um, patches, leather, leather patches. patches on the elbows. Oh, no, right. but we're, now we're talking about ourselves again. And we, we, we've been taken to task for that, uh, many times before. So we'll stop. What is behind Ryan? What is behind this, uh, this glee backlash on overthinking it? Do they hate things that are awesome? Well, I think I think that's definitely a big part of it. Um, but I think, um, well, I think there's, like you said, there's kind of two sets of objections. I mean, I think part of it is a tendency to to backlash against things that are that get a lot of attention. And right. Glee is something that's gotten a lot of critical praise. You know, it's gotten right, yeah, yeah, and it's been you know, really it's, mainstream. Dis- despite a uh, a reasonably subversive sensibility that the show has, it's gotten yeah. a lot of mainstream attention. And so, okay, like, you know, right, that's I liked uh I liked subversion when it was cool. Yeah, no, exactly. I liked it before it was cool. Yeah, right. um, I like Subversion's but, first album. Right. I like the I liked the EP. Um <laughs> the, the, the the untitled 7-inch. I, um, I got it on the waffles. Yeah, I got it on waffles. Um, yeah, it's, it's totally lossless quality. Hey, does, um, uh, yeah, it's a flack. Hey, does anybody uh, does anybody in our audience have invites uh, to waffles? If you do, you can email them to us at rather at overthinkingit.com and sheely at overthinkingit.com. The, the nice thing about waffles is that we're not going to say what it is, but if you know what it is, you can just invite us. And Oh, I didn't answer your question about Robert McKee before. I, here, I was taking Matt to task. He was like, he was breaking a, a Gossip Girl story in a, not, uh, a glee story in a different way than it actually came out in the thing. Robert McKee is this guy who does screenwriting seminars. He was the guy who was sort of parodied, played by Brian Cox in Adaptation. And he has okay. this book called Story. And he, along with a, uh, a lot of kind of warmed over Joseph Campbell stuff, uh, forms the basis of a, like, a story structure 
kind of um, a school of uh, for, uh, screenwriting, uh, largely for people who have not sold screenplays and get kind of preyed on by this, like, this kind of magical thinking, you know, of uh, same thing happens to actors, same thing happens to anyone in entertainment, right? Like, oh, come, come take my seminar, right? And I'll, you know, tell you the secrets of breaking into the business. And though a lot of it is, uh, no, a lot of it is on point, it's nothing you couldn't get from reading Aristotle, say. Um, so do you want to do you want to read Matt's comment or uh, should we uh, uh, just uh, diagnose it without 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 really digging into it? Oh, what what uh, what did he say? You know, I got to say. If- so 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 he was criticizing the, the scene. You know, so Mark's post was about the unbelievable uh, the extent to which the scene in which the football team and then the kicker uh, dance to single ladies uh, and, and that helps them succeed. You know, Mark says that is unbelievable because that would have been a delay of game penalty or you can't uh, play music during the course of play. And then Matt kind of responds and says, you know, to me, this is just the tip of the lazy writing iceberg. In the episode's first scene, Kurt's friend lies to his dad and says he's the kicker on the football team. First of all, that's just a very stupid lie to tell. But what really bothers me well, that's, is five okay, minutes now, later. Now that's, that's unsubstantiated. Like, it's a stupid lie to tell based on what? Right, but I think here's the real bite of the, here's the, bite of the, the, the criticism, is that five minutes later, it's true. Kurt just so happens to be an amazing field goal kicker, and the team just so happens to have fired its current kicker. Weak. In a different show, Kirk would go running up to Fail. Finn in a panic, uh, explaining that he needs to get on the football team. Finn would help him, agree to help him, and would try to teach him some kicking, but he'd be very bad, and he would despair. And then Finn would realize that Kurt's a great dancer, and all I need to do is teach Kurt the single ladies field goal dance. All the good men gone, and where have all the gods? I'm sorry. I'm I'm hearing holding out for a hero in my head while this while this montage while this series of shots is described. I don't know. I mean, a training montage. Yeah. So I think I think you're right. And then it ends with him getting a spot on the football team from doing you know. So like, I actually. Yes, but so- that's, you see, here's what you miss, and this is what this is what these guys are just getting wrong about the show. The whole. Thing thing is a scaffolding to hang the football dance on yeah right like the Mm -hmm. whole thing that's not the saying that like the kurt becoming the kicker thing is the b story is a red herring the b story is will the football team do its dance or not right Right, but I but I think it's more than that. I think it's it's it's. I think that's one thing, but I think it's also that it's ultimately kind of a show about whimsy, right? And and the and the kind of you know wish, a certain amount of wish fulfillment, right? Because it's it's a show about performers, and it's about a show of people who are kind of you know whether they're losers or they're pregnant teens or they're in wheelchairs or they're kind of you know they're marginalized in some way but whether they're on the stage they become something more right and i think jordan's uh first article on glee uh kind of kind of mentions this um but i think that uh i think that these these scenes uh work that too is that it actually kind of blurs the line between the kind of performance and who you think you are when you're performing and reality and 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 it does it in a internally consistent way um and 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 so i think that that so it's not even just an architecture for the musical numbers but it's kind of like you know it's not a place where magical things happen but it's a place where improbable things happen in 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 the way completely implausible things yeah exactly and 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 yet 
but you want them to happen as a viewer. That's like what you want to happen. It's like you want him to be um, like, I don't know for me. I see like Matt's plot is like so many teen dramas or soap operas or shows that I don't watch. Um, and I, what I like about this is that you, you see him go out for the football team and you want him to be good at it. It's it, for, it, for this kind of satisfaction. Like, I don't want to see him work for it. If so, I would watch a training montage, or I'd watch, you know, or I'd learn how to kick a field goal. But I, I want to see him. I want to see something improbable and be entertained by it. There was a. Um, I wish I could. I, w- I wish I could play it through here in the first season of this current. Uh, what is it? Twentieth or twenty-first episode of The Simpsons? A um, twentieth uh, or twenty-first season? I guess it's the twentieth season. Uh, there was a great there was a great series of jokes about training montages where Homer is trying to shape up with a personal trainer and she has like uh, he has a conversation with the trainer about what kind of training montage he's going to have. It's like, do I have to do one where I do work? Can I do one where I like turn around a ragtag little league team? It's like, no. Can I, awesome. <laughs> you know, can I have one where the days of the calendar are flipping off and you know you see me <laughs> like tapping a pencil against my head and th- and like he goes through five or six of these and it's really really it, it's really good uh so does that kill does that kill the uh the training montage is that like uh guess, is, yeah, is, that, I mean, is that is that a nail in the coffin that i guess like, it used to tough? be it, it uh, used to be mad magazine and then it was saturday night live and now it's the simpsons that like when uh when the simpsons has done you you know you've made it a and b that you're over well south park did it i mean south park uh <laughs> South Park made fun of training montages, uh, you know, five five years ago, right? Um, yeah, that's true. It was a skiing episode that then they also repurposed for Team America. Yeah, um, yeah, Team America so, is the one that I know. Yeah, no, but there's there's also a uh, I think there's a like a an episode where one of the kids is being picked on by a bullet. They're at like Aspen or something like that. And he gets challenged to a big uh, ski race um, by, by the bully. And, and then has to do a, a ski training montage. And that's where the, the sports training montage uh, um, uh, song originated. Um, Got it. I just saw, just as a quick aside, and you probably didn't see this film, so but but you should. Is I actually saw uh, Whip It this past weekend, huh. uh, which has a good. Uh, it, it relates to the themes of this podcast uh, about about teens, but it's about the sports lives of teenagers, um, about about roller derby. Uh, so there's a, a pretty pretty nice roller derby training montage um, featuring Ellen Page, uh, sprightly Ellen Page, doing learning how to. <laughs> And, and get knocked down um yeah but well that's that's another topic I, I actually recommend seeing whip it um i was not a big fan of juno but uh this is this is far less quirky uh <laughs> trademark i think that our <laughs> right yeah i think that our uh i think that our six word summaries if you if you google overthinking it six word summary juno or six word juno i think stokes was the best uh, it said, but he said, uh, "Bun on phone, bun in the oven." <laughs> uh, it was good. Hey, how is uh, Aliyah Shawkat? You know, she started off a little, uh, a little, a little disappointing, um, but she's good. She is. Uh, it's, a, it's a great cast. I mean, uh, she's in it. Um, uh, Kristen Wiig, 
Uh, even Drew Barrymore both actually does a, I think, a good job of. Uh, Kristen Wiig is fucking in everything. She's in everything. Right? She's 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 approaching overexposure, but uh, she yeah, has. Except a, that she's not the star of anything. You know, no, that's like, right, and she she's has a great shaping up. I think to have a like a really cool little career where she can just do these parts. You know. Yeah, she can pop in and talk about like uh, about pubic lice for like. 10 seconds be totally weird and funny and i guess no it wasn't pubic lice it was crabs right um but and are, then i mean out. crabs are pubic lice right i guess so i mean I, they, w- I wouldn't know but when i say pubic lice I, I just think of like little small things when i, when I say crabs i think of like with pinchers and <laughs> large very large angry pubic but this is not this is not a podcast about whip it or about <laughs> reviews or about uh pubic sexually lice. it's it's of all those things, it's probably the most about pubic lice. Um, right, yeah, exactly. But it's actually a show being, about... Being about the sex lice of teenagers. Exactly. You know? How do the teenagers get the STDs? I guess one teenager must uh, must bone someone older, right? And then, like, yeah. spread it around the high school. And then suddenly, like, suddenly chlamydia is breaking out at, you know, <laughs> Mar- Martin Luther King Jr. High. It's something. always... <laughs> It's always it's always a flight attendant. I mean, that's the uh, <laughs> patient zero. That's uh, that's what I learned from my <laughs> epidemics in society class. It's always flight attendant. Um, well, the but, whole, yeah, but except except that you know, <laughs> d- Newsom two flight attendants now, right? Like we we in this in this economy. Well, maybe not in this economy, but you know, leading up to the the uh, Great Recession, right of aught eight. Uh, everyone was, uh, everyone was a flight attendant, right? It's the most mobile workforce that, you know, mankind has ever seen. Anyway, we, we've gone, we've blown way off top. No, no. Um, I, I I think, uh, yeah, we have. Um, but let's, let's, let's bring it back in. You know, we were on Glee. We're on the, the backlash to Glee. Yep. Um, and, and I think that I, I, I think this is a thing where, um, what do you think? Why? What do you do? You think there's merit in the criticisms, or do you think they're just uh, they're just uh, taking cheap shots, um, and and that it's it's unfair to criticize something for doing exactly what it tells you it's going to do. <laughs> I don't need to defend Glee against the you know right you know what I mean against the the ill opinions of uh, you know some bloggers. <laughs> <laughs> Come why on! Don't they, why don't they just? I don't even know why they're overthinking it so much. They should, they should just enjoy the show. We got we got one of those comments on Mark's post. <laughs> I don't know if it got exposure somewhere or something where we got a flood of new readers on the blog. But um, uh, yeah. But there was like, can't you guys just enjoy? Can't you guys just enjoy the show? It's like, look at the URL. Uh, look, here's here's what I think. I think that like when something has a definite identity, uh, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, you know, uh, if if you right, if you sort of pitch a, a a fastball like a belt high fastball down the middle, like a lot of people are going to be able to connect with that pitch. I God, I really should not ever use a sports metaphor. Right. Yeah. When they connect, it will be a slam dunk right in the end zone. <laughs> when they hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I got to apologize for that. No, it was um, totally. It worked. Uh Right, like it's it's um something that something that's kind of down the middle is gonna 
is going to be less objectionable to fewer people, right? Um, and that anything, I think that what we're what we're coming up against is it. It's just not their cup of tea, and it's like it's something with a. You know, they stole the aesthetic right out of Pushing Daisies. They stole that actress out of Pushing Daisies too, right? Which uh, actress? Uh, I, I actually never got to watch. Uh, no, I uh, never. I never watched it, but uh, I was on IMDb checking it out. I think the redhead. Okay. Oh, okay. Jema Mays. Jema, Jema, yeah, Mays, mm-hmm. right. And, um, you know, that aesthetic, that kind of candy-colored aesthetic, they're making, they're making kind of satirical jokes and being very, very subversive, but they're doing it gently, so it's not like it's, it's, not like it's satire uh, with a lot of teeth, you know? Right. So if you're into satire, the particular brand of it may not uh may not happen to uh, to agree with you it's a freaking musical and that just like a lot of people don't like that you know yeah like the and and what you were saying about whimsy i mean it's a show about wish fulfillment it's a mm-hmm. show where the whole premise kind of hinges on this idea of every episode being kind of like wouldn't it be totally crazy if well, so I think the amazing thing that the show could do is, that, you know, because I imagine so the season one finale is probably going to be what, like nationals, right? It's going to be that they're at nationals. Um, and it would be re- so by that logic, you know, we should know. Right. That and, the baby, that and the baby so, comes like the yeah. baby comes right at, you know, right in the middle of a number or something like that. something like that. But, you know, I wonder that the interesting thing. So it's, you know, on this wish fulfillment thing, then we should expect that, you know, they're going to win nationals. And it'd be an interesting twist. Is that they fulfill every little wish along the way. And then there's sort of crushing. And then all of a sudden it becomes Mad Men. And then, and then, and then in the season finale, it like uh, everything, everything falls apart. Or is, yeah, or I mean, like I remember, you know, remember the end to Bring It On, right? It, you know, this is. I actually, I actually didn't see Bring It On. Oh, the um, the uh, the black cheerleaders from the socioeconomically disadvantaged school actually win the cheerleading right. nationals. Uh, I didn't realize that. You know, yeah, uh, Gabrielle Union kicks. Uh, oh God, who Kirsten, was it? Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst's ass, right? Um. Kirsten Dunst would be a good celebrity cameo on Gossip Girl. There it is. There it is. I was I was I was working on it too. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. She would. She would. Although she's a little. Uh, she's a little old for it now. She's a little old for it now. A little uh, long in the tooth, Kirsten. Right. No. She she could never be a, a college student. But you know who'd be a great college student? Hillary Duff. <laughs> Hillary Duff. Uh, right, especially right? She, she looks great in a fedora, uh, which is you know the main thing you need to be a, a college student. Um, so what we're talking about? So this is this is cool. Um, you know, is I it think just me or is every girl who wears a hat like that really annoying? Um, <laughs> do you have a lot of history? I mean, my my sample no, size. I knew I knew one in particular when I lived on the East Coast. She was an actress, and I, it was just uh, it's like lose the hat. Come on. She was like an actress slash private detective or something like that, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, Hillary Duff on uh, on Gossip Girl and uh, Tori Birch on Gossip Girl. Uh, Tyra, Tyra Banks on Gossip Girl, and then um, uh, and then on Glee. Not this past episode, but the episode before that uh, was um, uh, now now her name's Kristen Chen was Chenoweth. Chenoweth, yeah. 
Uh, who also, I who, think, was on Pushing Daisies. For right, and, and and was on, I mean, her big break was uh, on in Wicked on Broadway. Is that yes. right? Well, that, uh, yeah, I guess that's how she kind of came to mainstream attention. Yeah, I and mean... It's a fantastic, I mean, it's a fantastic singer. Yeah, she's an amazing, amazing set of pipes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, country so, Western, that country western number at the end was was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was great. Well, actually, I thought the the cabaret number was also where they intercut uh, her song and Rachel's song. Yeah, was- and with the with the like the kind of husky older voice of experience kind of thing that Kristen Chenoweth was doing, the kind of boozy, thick, you know, cigarettes right. and whiskey kind of voice. And, uh, like and the, the bright eyed, like kind of like pop star, uh, yeah, grabbing, yeah. grabbing the microphone. Sure. Version. Leah Michelle also, you can't, um, you know, you can't argue. She's got a set of pipes on her too. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, all the singing in Glee is great. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. I think, you know, so the, the role that the that Kristen Chenoweth's um, uh, uh, cameo played was, you know, it was it was a, it was a nice little bit of meta casting where she was, you know, cast as the awesome Glee clubber of years past whose life has uh, fallen into ruins. And so it both allowed her to show off her, her pipes, but also her kind of comedic acting chops playing a kind of boozy, uh, drugged up, uh, kind of uh, just bad influence on the kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it worked really well. And it was, you know, I think it's, uh, you, you know, the, the enjoyment is, is enriched if you say, oh, well, it's, it's funny because she was awesome on Broadway um, and has like an amazing vocal range right. um, and, 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 and is fitting into this, this kind of surreal musical world. Uh, what did you think of? Well, we're talking oh, about good singers. Like, I, I got to give a shout out to my girl, Amber Riley, uh, who plays Mercedes Jones. Yeah, the uh, are, are you thinking of the uh, the final number of that episode, the uh, the Queen song, or just in general? Just in general, like you know, I, I bust the windows out your car. Yeah, like, that w- that was pretty brilliant. She supplies a lot of a lot of that uh, kind of. Uh, well, I don't even know what to call it in college. They called it uh, vocal masturbation. You know, the. Um, Right, like. Well, uh, yeah. If that's what it's called, then she is vocally jizzing all over the place. I mean, she's, place. she's she's going vocally from the window to the wall, I mean, <laughs> and, and back again, you know, <laughs> and back again. Oh no, I guess she wasn't on. I guess Jema Mays was not on. Uh, she was on uh, Ugly Betty. I thought she was on Pushing Daisies. Oh, she did one episode on Pushing Daisies. Okay, okay never mind. But uh, but anyway. Um, Sorry, what do I think of the what do I think of the celebrity cameos? Well, what do you think of the ones in uh, in this past episode of Gossip Girl? Yeah, you had- in Gossip Girl. Well, Hillary Duff is here to do a uh, to do a multi episode arc, and I know that because over the summer when they were shooting it, I uh, you know I was following the blogs mm. that that uh, you know that go to Gossip Girl every. Um, uh, they go to the Gossip Girl set every day and try right, and like right. get pictures of of, uh, of what's going on. Right, so, they had you know. Penn Badgley making out with with Hillary Duff. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so uh, so I think she's here, if not to stay, she's here to to hang out. You know, and I mean, no, okay. you know what it is? It, she'll be here for a little while, and then they will do something lame and write her out. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, she'll. I'm going to enjoy it for now because there wasn't any, there weren't any big arcs, there weren't any lame attempts at serialization. It was just no, no, no. It was everything with her was wrapped up in you know the 42 minutes of that one episode, right? That that was uh, 
Yeah, that was great. You know, I mean, look, here are three, three uh, cameos that are that are really of a different, uh, really of different types, right? Uh, Tory Burch is playing Tory Burch. Right, and that's that's a nod to verisimilitude, I guess. Of like, we really are in this kind of like upper, you know, New York um, environment, and like th- this person is a fixture there, and and there you have it, right? Right, and they've ha- they've done some like that before. They're, the the specifics are escaping me, but they've yeah. they've definitely this is had... a, let's call this the the entourage cameo. Right, right. Because this is what Entourage does. It's Scarlett Johansson, notably at the at the end of the first season of of Entourage, where it's like, oh, actually, uh, Matt Damon did a fantastic cameo. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh, actually, a really great self mocking cameo where he's uh, he's um, uh, strong arming the main character Vince into making a donation to uh, to his charity. Oh, that's awesome. Come on, Vince. It's for the fucking kids. It's for the fucking kids. Vince, I haven't gotten your check yet. Anyway, it's, re- it's really funny. Uh, Bono actually shows up on that episode, too. Okay, this is the Entourage cameo. Right, Then, right. then you have the, the Tyra cameo, right? And that's like, I think that's a, sort of a celebrity, just your, your run-of-the-mill celebrity cameo. Playing, but I think there was a... There was a little- yeah. There is like a little bit of a meta casting there because you know she was playing an actress who you know this was her first role in which she would be taken seriously as an actress, right? And you know she was playing Josephine Baker in a like uh, almost a inglorious bastard style like World War II French resistance. Were we, were film. we meant to take that seriously? Because it seemed the clip we saw from it seemed so Awful. stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was dumb. Like um, laughably, like it was the uh, yeah. you know it was the scary movie three of French resistance movies. Yeah, right, exactly. Resistance movie, the Wayne's Brothers <laughs> resistance movie, Holocaust, Holocaust movie. Yeah, or like the musical, like Holocaust exclamation point. Right, it's like it's like springtime for Hitler, the musical. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, movie. seriously. Uh, um, uh, but, what, but what I was going to say is that I, I think there was a little bit of, I mean, I think Tyra's e- egocentrical enough that she was maybe thinking, well, I'll start off with a little cameo in Gossip Girl, but this is going to be, okay. you know, I'm going to show them that I have some chops by like doing, cr- having crazy hair and freaking out, but then not, and like being totally friends with, with, uh, with, with, uh, Blake Lively. Right. And I think that, I think that she actually, there was a little bit of a meta moment of, you know, just as the character wanted to be taken seriously as a sort of Oscar contention actress, you know, she wanted to be taken seriously as someone as more than a, a celebrity cameo. Um, maybe, but uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, I'm not totally sold on that. I think that may be I, why I, I think you may just be overthinking that. Yeah, I don't know. I should have just enjoyed Tyra's cameo. For a little <laughs> I, while. I mean, I think that like, okay, so maybe it's her first like uh, dramatic, right? Dramatic role. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. I buy that. Still, I think it's a it's it's more important as like a uh, a celebrity cameo, and I want to call this in my typology of celebrity cameos. I want to call this the Thirty Rock cameo, right? Where a celebrity comes on and plays kind of a crazy character. Yeah. Well, then why? Then how is the Kristen Chenoweth with one different? No, it is. This is a oh, the Kristen, so, Kristen, so the Kristen Hillary Chenoweth Duff. is a Thirty Rock cameo, I think. I, 
And so then thirty rock, and then uh, Hillary Duff is 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 what kind of in in this third this typology. Well, this is so she's a different. She is yet a third kind of cameo where she is. You see, it, it's funny because she kind of straddles the two. Oh yeah, she um she. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to dignify that with anything. She's for a mild chortle. She's playing Mary Kate Olsen, right? Right. But she's also playing Hillary Duff in a sense, right? Because she's a you know a famous, uh, famous person, you know Disney star. She's kind of the the proto Miley Cyrus, right? Uh, but now right. has done has done some other movies. She did that movie that no one saw called War Inc. with um, John Cusack, and uh, right, and that you know so so she's in a sense playing herself. Like, what if Hillary Duff went? went back to college. This is, I'd say that this is a stronger, a stronger meta casting, right? Than, yeah, than I would say things. so. I guess so. Um, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna still uh, cling to my, my Tyra pet theory. No, yeah, um, no, I mean, I, you know, I buy it. Sure. But, um, no, I think you're right. I thought that they did an interesting thing though with the, the, uh, the Hillary Duff cameo. Oh, Hillary that- Duff, 22. She, uh, yeah, okay, like, so she's in that college student age range. I but mean, I think what's interesting yeah. is that, uh, like, in the beginning, they, they mentioned that, you know, she's a movie star uh, that's, uh, she's the star of these vampire movies, right? So it's like a clear allusion to Twilight, right? It's called the Endless Night series. Yes. Um, which I think was what? It's like, Vampires meet King Arthur, yeah, uh, or something like that. Yeah, endless um, nights, yeah, yeah, yeah endless exactly. nights. Um, which was which was interesting. I thought it was interesting because they don't usually make up fake celebrities. You know, it's like when celebrities show up in the world of Gossip Girl, it's more of the entourage mode, right? right. Yeah. Um, and then the fake people that that uh, that show up are less famous than like Serena, right? Who is herself like a. You know, a kind of tabloid uh, staple, a kind of celebutante. Yeah, kind of of Paris Hilton or something. Yeah, a celebutante, yeah. Sure. But she's, I mean, I don't buy that with Serena because if she were a real celebutante, she'd be like, she'd have a book deal and she'd have a whole, she's yeah, headed that thing. She's headed that direction, man. She's, she's like not going to Brown. She's, uh, okay, you know, she's, yeah, well, fair point. She's, get, she's getting a job. She's finding herself, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's trying to do the, either the charity circuit or the, she's, you know, this episode working quote unquote as a, as a publicist, a publicist, a publicist. You, I mean, is there a consumptive in the room with? Right. Yeah, yeah, she's the, the the arterial blood coming out. Uh, it's uh, it's the death bell. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, thank yeah, you for doing the I, thank you for doing the podcast instead of tending to your consumption. Uh, hopefully, it's not the uh, hopefully it's not the the influenza porcina. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the hizzy one, nizzy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you want to talk about work? Uh, I do. I, I would love to talk about work. Um, I think that it's interesting. You know, it's very few of the people. I mean, does anyone else in the world of of, of Gossip Girl uh, have jobs? Not really, right? So Vanessa in the first episode of this season. Um, I am so over serving coffee. She is so over serving coffee. So if, if Vanessa, lowly Vanessa, is is, cast, is not, yeah yeah has cast her lot in with the idle rich, right? Uh, then you know then. 
it, it seems that then Serena is, is turning this on his head. And, you know, in order to fill her days of, of not going to college, she gets a job to have something to do. And actually, I saw something. There's a very similar, um, you know, on the on the city which is uh, MTV's New York-based uh, spinoff of The Hills, uh, one of the characters is uh, Olivia Palermo, who's like a real-life kind of celebutante, um, Upper East Sider. Um, and she uh, is a co-intern at Diane von Furstenberg with Whitney Port, with the main character of, of the city. And uh, there's a scene where uh, Olivia is talking to her sort of lie-about cousin uh, who's been cut off by his parents. And she's like, oh, you just need to get a job. Just get a job, make it look like you're doing something, and then they'll, uh, they'll turn the faucet back on for you. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hook you back up again. You know? And you've got to have a job because otherwise you're really bored. And, that's like, and I think that that really sums up. You know, and, and so there's like actually a the attitude, fair yeah, amount. The attitude towards, towards work. Like, right, work is something that you do. Yeah. Do, uh, for, work is something that you do for amusement. Right, exactly. Do you, exactly. do you remember the episode where Dan is a cater waiter at, uh, at Blair's house? Yes. Right? And it's like this is very mortifying, you know, that anyone would see him like this. Right, right, exactly. Because that is, like, is just – well, I mean that also gets into the nature of – right? So that is one of the main kinds of work that we see is, is domestic labor, right? And none of the principals engage in domestic right, labor. Yeah, yeah. Right? Hospitality, food service, <laughs> domestic labor. L- Chuck's Chuck's limo driver. Right. Um, and so Dan, who is otherwise passes in the world, in the social world of these people, realizes, like, no, sometimes you need to make money. And this is one way to do that in this, in this world. And right. so here, Yeah, yeah. Here in, in this economy, we trade our labor for a wage. Right. Um, but, but Serena, yeah, and I, I don't even think any, Serena was even looking, you know, looking for a, a paid job, but rather was uh, – and ultimately – um, I don't. I don't know if she got to keep her job or not. Yes, she, was she fired. did because Tyra, Tyra uh, okay. twisted the arm of her employer at the end. Does that mean that Tyra's coming back? I mean, that's what I. I, I can't imagine <laughs> that this was a is going to be a multi. That Tyra is also going to have a plot arc. I just don't see that happening between Blake Lively and uh, Hillary Duff. You know, Dan Humphrey really has a type. Yeah. What, what was that? I said between Blake Lively and Hillary Duff, Dan Humphrey is really into the blondes, right? Well, he did, uh, he did bone his teacher, too. Oh, that's a good point. Well, here's another work, actually, that's, that, that's another kind of work that is depicted in is, like, is child care or people who have contact with children, right? Like, so the only, the only uh, teachers we really saw in, uh, in Gossip Girl are, like, the teacher that Dan boned, and then the principal, who... The headmistress, yeah, who's, the like, head- very matronly, right? Yeah, who wouldn't let, who wouldn't let, um, uh, Blair go to Yale. Right, right. Because there's right. one, you know, there's one spot at Yale set aside <laughs> for, uh, you know, for a girl from Constance. Well, exactly. I, I believe that. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a great responsibility to make that decision. And uh, so that's so headmistress Queller really wielded that, that weighty responsibility uh, uh, greatly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting. I mean, like, look, the interesting one is Dorota, right? Like, because she, right. uh, because she is a, a child care worker in a sense, but seems to report directly to Blair. <laughs> Right. Whereas, um, yeah, but she, I think of all the sort of adults, you know, she's among the more responsible adults that you see in the, 
in the world of Gossip Girl. I mean, even in this episode when Blair has kind of returned back to the social milieu of uh, of, of of Constance and, you know, wants to teach them the meaning of aristocracy. Right. Um, uh, you know, Dorota thinks it's a bad idea. She's in league with Chuck of trying to say, you know, so Blair, you, you got to really, go be guys, a college you, you guys really couldn't spring for a one-bedroom, huh? Like, uh, they're just, you know, just... We're living in separate This is killing you, huh? (laughs) Manhattan real estate is really that expensive, huh? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, we are not in the world of of Gossip Girl. (laughs) Of Gossip Girl. You're on the Upper West Side. Mid, yeah, we're kind of in the this this glorious little taint between uh, (laughs) Between Hell's Kitchen Kitchen and, and the Upper West Side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Lincoln Center area, or the mm. Columbus Circle, or the the little the little uh, butt cleavage between Columbus Circle and Lincoln Center. Exactly, it was featured in last week's uh, uh, Gossip Girl. Chuck Gossip Bob- Girl, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think we're oh, going to return to. I think we're going to return to that hotel. Actually, right? Is this going to be a bad investment? That's your prediction. I don't know. I don't want to see. Look, I mean, we're talking about work, and we're talking about how these characters see work as like a means of either amusement or else self actualization, and. Um, I guess Chuck falls into this self-actualization, right? It's, for him, working is about, you know, having to do something with the legacy of his dead father, right? Right, and, or, yeah, or, like, proving himself, proving that he is his own man after all. Because he could live off of, you know, of, of, of interest, right? It's not these days, but, um, but, I mean, getting in the real estate game is not an awesome idea either. No. I, guess there's no, I guess there's no recession in the world of Gossip Girl, though, is there? No, it's not. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, it's like they're frozen in 2007. Yeah, ha- has it been alluded to? I don't think it's even been alluded I don't know, because to. They're, they're definitely moving forward in continuity, right? They've gone from being high school juniors to high school seniors to college freshmen. So right. clearly the, the time has passed. So maybe Gossip Girl started, and all of the references are up to the moment. So I guess they just are assuming that they're... Uh, they're kind of beyond it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only passing reference was not about the sort of macro economy, but there was, you know, in last season, there was a Ponzi scheme. Uh, <laughs> so I guess yeah. that, that that was a reference. But I guess that happens in good and bad times. So uh, it's not that direct. Fraud, yeah. fraud is constant. It's true. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, you know, we you don't see a lot of, you know, so Gossip Girl, you do have adults and kids, but it's mostly more of a, a child uh, a parent-child uh, <laughs> dynamic, um, <laughs> but uh, in in Glee, we're just, we're just sailing on through. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing my best. Um, in in Glee, we uh, you I'm, I've really lost my train of thought. Here's the, here's the thing. I want here's the point I wanted to make about about Chuck before. I don't want to see Chuck lose all his money. Right, right. Like the 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 thing about Gossip Girl, Glee promises me uh, like slight snark and musical numbers, and I think it delivers. Right, Gossip Girl promises me the fantasy of having limitless access to capital, and if Chuck. <laughs> Right. If Chuck loses all his money or like makes a bad investment like and is ruined or something, he's, uh, you know, he's not Chuck Bass anymore. It's not in, it's not interesting because the, the show has changed the game in a way that I think violates the, the covenant between yeah. show and audience. But that's the thing about Gossip Girl is that you can pre- feel pretty confident there will never be a game changer. There will never be a plot that outlasts like three or four episodes. Well, right. I mean, this is an interesting thing that like, I mean, they're even possibly alluding to the fact that the, the, the kind of Rufus Lily thing 
is not stable, and they're going to probably boot him back to Brooklyn within this uh, within this season. You, I didn't get that vibe. You really, I I sort of missed that. I mean, I think that she was she was upset about him being. Um, uh, she, she she thought he he bungled the Serena thing, right? I think that was in the last scene of this episode, um, and she pretty much more or less accused him of, uh, of of being permissive of her going to of of her not going to Brown, um, and that she never would have let that happen, and that she wanted to be alone. I even think she she said something to that effect. So I don't know. Um, you know, he's been living in her house all summer and hasn't really. You know, they haven't actually. Since they've been together together, they really haven't been living together. So there will probably be a plot line of them like, you know, they're like, oh, it's so difficult living together. Oh, but we're going to learn a compromise. But then there's going to be something else, like the sun's going to come back. And then, oh, no, he's going to disappear. And then, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're about to make the transition to Glee. And yeah, the, the let's talk about the of, teachers. Right, the depiction of child of childcare or sort of child, what, child-focused professionals. Well, of, of teachers, right? And so in, in Gossip Girl, the one teacher that we really focused on, other than the headmistress, you know, her key was that, I mean, she was cast very young. I mean, the actress was probably the same age as the actors and actresses playing the high school students, right? And she sort of had this, she wanted to socialize with them. She wanted to be their friend uh, and in their... In Gossip Girl. Sorry, we're not in Gossip Girl. We're in, no, I'm still back in Gossip Girl. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the teacher that Dan boned. Right, right, exactly. But you know, and, and yeah, and she Glee, really got in. She really got in and mixed it up. Like that woman had boundary issues. Yeah, yeah, and that's not as much of the issue in in Glee. Like I think the teachers in Glee more or less understand the the hierarchy, like the the authority oh, dynamic. Right, that they're that they're grown ups and that the students are minors and that like that that's an important distinction. Right. Well, we, right. That we all have I, to like remember who we are in this world. Right, right. Uh, there was a great – the cheerleading co- coach had a great little uh, monologue in this past episode where she says, you know, this is, they are children and they need to be terrified. It's, right. like, it's like mother's milk for them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at the same time, I mean, I, I don't think she is a – you know, we have no, no no reason to believe that she is a good role model. But you know, the, the, what we usually see is that every, a lot of the plots involved. You know, that's you your know. fucking misogyny, Ryan. Right? Like every time a, a successful, strong woman comes along, you know, you want to tear her down and say she's not a good role model. She's well, too mannish. You know, she's well, uh, she what encourages do you make? literally littering. What do well, that's a big no no. Uh, the elder the elders say no. Um, the at one point at several points she has alluded that was, to that was a really inside joke. It's a deep cut. www.saffyproject.org. Saffyproject.org. We need like a pop up video for we need to annotate our podcast to annotate our own podcast. That's right. Um, uh, right. So what I was going to say is that um, there are these passing references, two in this past, uh, or no, I guess one in this episode and one in the other, about her not being a woman, though, right? So did you, like, you caught this when yeah, she was talking? Yeah, if I had a uterus. Yeah, she's like, I don't have the uterus. And the previous one, uh, Will says, so comes in and says, she says something to him about menstruation, and he's like, uh, I can't menstruate. And she's like, neither can I. Well, she doesn't have a uterus. I mean, those two things are of a piece. 
I guess so. So you think it's just that, but they also say she's thirty. Like, I don't know what I don't know what to make of of they're just no. That's a joke. Stuff. That's that that is just an age joke, right? You think like, it's just an age joke? Yeah, no. And and look at me, I'm practically thirty. It would be like saying, you know, I just yeah. started grad school in L.A. It's like, look at me starting grad school. I, I you know, I it's I and just when I've turned twenty two, right? Right. I guess so. I guess so. Um, I I didn't know how to read that. If, I mean, uh, sometimes. There are things, I mean, because of the whimsy of Glee, I, I, it's, it's unclear whether to th- take things at face value or right. as a joke. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and it's, it's unclear exactly how to read, right? It's almost like it's like someone who uh, doesn't modulate their pitch correct, the pitch of their voice correctly to indicate sarcasm. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> which exactly. is... Which is retarded uh, <laughs> for example yeah well it may literally be retarded or be asperger's or something like right exactly like, for example hey ryan asperger. hey ryan yeah. asperger ryan you look great in that button-up in that snap-up plaid shirt uh it has buttons <laughs> <laughs> and it's denim so that's, that's the new plaid is denim denim shirts is the new plaid denim denim is the new plaid yeah uh Okay, so let's ring the changes. Like, okay, she's a terrible teacher in a way. Like, like I mean, even if that's, you know, she's not, like, teaching the kids about the true meaning of Christmas. She's striving and, you know, teaching them that they can sort of step on anyone to get their way. She's like uh, Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada, right? Oh, right, yeah. I guess she is a... She and she, she, you know, terrorizes them. She and she doesn't really respect them as right. If she's a bad teacher, it's because she doesn't. Even though they're kids, she doesn't respect them as individuals, right? They're cogs, uh, and she and she's ultimately, It's ultimately about her. Right. Actually, right? It's well, about, sure. It's yeah, about I mean, her. for her, for her work is a means of self-actualization, like right. in in Gossip Girl. Right, right. Whereas in, I guess, I mean, I think the other teachers are that too, right? So I think a lot of. Uh, you know, Will Schuster, uh, you know, he's a guy who's a teacher because he wants to keep reliving high school. Right. Right. And, and yes, he does. And so he likes being a teacher. He likes the hierarchy because he means he's like the coolest person and he can like exploit that. He doesn't blur the boundaries so much, but he, oh, he does get a lot of, um, you know, every, the structure of a lot of these episodes, he gets some kind of impulsive idea and he follows it through without thinking about the kids, right? But you know, it's like he invites Kristen Chenoweth back because or she was too, an awesome. Yeah, she's too. He's too ambitious, right? He really doesn't like. Okay, so like, not Jane Lynch, not not uh, I forget her character's name, but not Will Schuster. Uh, that's the character's name. The guidance counselor is too uptight to really give any guidance, and the nurse, you know, Will's wife in the thing, Mrs. Schuster, is uh, is like. uh, teaching them to pop pills you know yeah it's unbelievable i mean and the principal just when i thought they couldn't make her any less uh sympathetic i mean but really why would they let someone who has no credentials as a nurse into a show uh and into a into a school i mean that's just the the liability of that would be ridiculous yeah that's just unrealistic it's really unrealistic it strains my it strains my it's also it's also it's also lazy writing um i mean i think a better thing would be for her to realize that she needs to be in the school but she doesn't know how to be a nurse so she needs to go to nursing classes right 
Right, exactly. And, she and then there's a montage. And she's really studying hard. She's hitting the books. And she, like, falls asleep on the thing and wakes herself up. And then she's, like, chugging gallons of coffee. And then you see her in a hospital, like, you know, being a radiology assistant. And, ch- and changing a bedpan. And, like, the poop's really smelly. Right, yeah, and she's, Yeah, she she wrinkles her nose. So it's a little funny. So it's like, a, it's like, it's like both a hard work, but there's a little bit of lightheartedness in the montage. Right, absolutely. Yeah, this <laughs> is God. <laughs> oh god, that, that that would have been a lot more satisfying. It's amazing that our friends speak to us. Well, they, I think it's because they don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, so, and then the principal is. I'm mean, just to finish ringing the changes on this. The principal is a bureaucrat. The football yeah. coach seems like the least macho guy ever, and the uh, the principal is a, is just a, a petty bureaucrat who is. Um, you know, most concerned about liability, uh, and he yeah. finally he finally wises up uh, to the idea that it's it's uh, not good policy to have a uh, uh, to have shall we say an unregistered nurse, right? Uh, right. You know, handing out pseudoephedrine. You actually can't get pseudoephedrine anymore at your uh, at your local drugstore. They sell some crappy crappy decongestant. Uh, that doesn't even work as well as the old one did, and you know the old one didn't this, work. It really, well. really screws up your meth lab, huh? Yeah, really. I can't, I can't cook meth in my, uh, in my. Um... Speaking of uh, speaking of decongestants, how's your fiance doing there? <laughs> I think she's more of a yeah. She, uh, I think she she's probably taking her nighttime decongestant. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's good. Uh, chuck a bottle of that; she'll be out like a light. Exactly. Uh, all right. Are, are we done? I think we're done. I think we, I think we, I think we worked it out. Pun did we intended. reestablish the aristocracy? I think we did. Uh, sandals are, <laughs> sandals are not shoes. Sandals are not shoes. If only by being such dicks to, to those who we, uh, we claim to be friends with. But, uh, really the most important opinion. Oh no, I'm sorry. One more. One yeah, more. Let's, let's, let's bring it home. Because one more thing. Uh, so on the show, on the show notes to the last uh, uh, sex life of teenagers slot. Po- oh no, what do we call it? These fucking teenagers podcast TFT, if you will. Um, TFT. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually it's funny. That's the that's the abbreviation of my grad school, uh, theater, film, and television. Nice. Uh, TFT, yes. Um, you asked for Scott writes in and says you asked for opinions from actual high schoolers. So here I go. The one thing that annoys me about the portrayal of high school in pop culture is the near complete lack of schoolwork done by any of the characters. I realize that drama is supposed to be life with the boring bits cut out. He has that in quotes, but it still breaks the verisimilitude. Uh, Scott, you're going to learn better usage in college. It still breaks the better verisimilitude. <laughs> the there we go. Let's, let's, let's ask for high schoolers and then just like fucking, fucking flog them. Let's make them regret that they wrote on our blog by being just total douchebags. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Scott. It's not you. It's me. Of the fictional universe <laughs> where we never see people doing homework so or studying. Here's the, I mean, it, this gets really good in a second, so, so quit interrupting me, asshole. Uh, or, <laughs> you, you interrupted yourself, asshole. 
homework or studying or posting on Facebook threads celebrating the fact that they've just finished the big research paper at 3 a.m. the morning before it was due. Blair's supposed to be a perfectionist who scoffs at anything less than a nay, but when have we ever seen her working on a paper? When, indeed, do any characters in Gossip Girl turn down a party or machination because that, that now that is good. That is, uh, I, you know, I gotta compliment the, uh, I gotta compliment the stylistic choices in this sentence, Scott. You redeemed yourself here. When, indeed, do they turn down a party or machination because they have three tests the next day or sports practice and they're burnt out and low on sleep? Now, this is a good thing, right? Like, this is a good point. This is a really good point because these are supposed to be organization kids, right? These are supposed to be like your, your, uh, your sort of archetypal overachievers, right? you know? And that, that like that takes a, a managerial effort on par with, you know, running a, uh, you know, running a small business. Um, oh, and, and Scott goes on, uh, just to catalog the, the events of my last few days, since the high school experience is defined in large part by work, uh, I've had, in the last few days, a four-test day, seen the editor-in-chief of my school's newspaper, a good friend of mine, sleeping sprawled out on a table in the middle of the afternoon, listened to endless gripes about the number of supplements there are to the Common App, and realized that the first draft of a major essay is due on Monday. None of this is really glamorous, but it's a critical part of high school life. And Scott, I'd say it's the major part of high school life for people who are actually... Um, in high school. And part... Oh, Scott, I like you. You like The Wire. Part of what makes The Wire <laughs> great was the attention paid to seemingly mundane... To pr- what he... What he how you or I would put it was the attention paid to procedure, right? right. The attention paid to the means whereby he puts it slightly differently, but, th- but that's the thing. And that like focusing in on the means whereby, you know, procedure reveals character in the dramaturgy of the wire and how, how they interact with well, the relationship between structure and agency, right? And right. it's where they, and, and the wire focuses in on where they, where they, right. It, just, it really lays bare the incentives and the sort of rules and structures, but also the way that people navigate those and, right. and, and reshape them for their in their own interests. Right. Here's, so how these, real- here's how these two shows. Uh, here's how these two shows are different. In Gossip Girl, uh, in Gossip Girl, personal agency is kind of unbridled. Right. It's like each character uh, it can be a free artist of him or herself because right. uh, you know because they're not really constrained by anything and even you wrote this in a post like even th- you know uh, nominally or notionally um, impartial forces like the police are seen as sort right. of a private paramilitary there to advance the private <laughs> aims of uh, of the characters in this case Serena and her mom uh, in at the end of season uh, two two but um, uh, in Glee I think the issue is not is not agency at all, right? I think the the issue is fantasy, right? Glee is a show about fantasy, and that and that that is, um, I, I think that that's why like that's why the fake baby subplot can work on a show like that. That's why the football thing can work, right? The show each episode is like five or six daydreams kind of stuffed together into That's a- that's definitely true. But I think that you also have I mean it's also because it's about right, so in, in Gossip Girl, you know, you don't have any extracurriculars, right? You don't I mean the extracurriculars are the machinations. Um they're they're in like the Upper East Side Machination Club. And that, right. you know, that's yeah, on yeah, their, exactly. their their app. Whereas, you know, in is uh, if, uh, on a more surface level, Glee is about 
extracurriculars and about kids who are, you know, they are really type A about their extracurriculars, right? right. And even in this last episode, they actually kind of dealt with this plot point in both the uh, the sort of uh, Finn cut aside and the Rachel cut aside, which uh, Finn is totally exhausted between his two extracurriculars and, you know, being a baby daddy. He's like, you know, my mom said I was stretched too thin, so I quit homework. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but that didn't help. So, like, they actually kind of address that a little bit. Um, and then with Rachel, you know, they have this, you know, uh, after she chastises um, Finn for, for taking uppers, you know, she said, you know, I, I, you know, I get up the natural way. She gets up at 6 a.m., and does her uh, uh, does her does her does her cardio while uh, you know looking at the little what is it's her name on a Grammy right um, yeah yeah or sectionals is the next one I mean I right. think we're heading into sectionals for November sweeps is that still right. a thing I mean ad rates aren't set the same way that they used to be set so November sweeps may not be a uh, may not be a thing anymore. What is? I actually don't know enough about oh, the. So ad rates. I am not. I am not in a school of TF or T. Um, <laughs> so uh, these these are all new to me. Um, yeah, uh, you're in a you're in a school of G of being an OG. An OG. I'm an OG. <laughs> uh, the um, you know so uh, ad rates for television are set at four times a year. One is at the upfronts where uh, each television network parades out the shows that it has coming out for the fall and gets advanced uh, huh. advanced sales. But then for buying TV uh, time during the season, there are these three periods called sweeps in, mm-hmm. or at least there used to be. This may be kind of going the way of the dodo uh, in November, February, and May, where mm-hmm. the Nielsen ratings for that that month uh, determine what the networks can charge for advertising. So you see a lot of plots coming to fruition in November, February, and May. A right, lot or, of clients- or cameras or... Yeah, exactly. A lot of, uh, a lot of um, sort of uh, stunts to pull in uh, to a, a lot of eyeballs, uh, jack up the Nielsen ratings... I mean, inflate them artificially and, uh, well, inflate them naturally, but inflate yeah. them and, um, you know, and, the, and then, you know, be able to charge, uh, higher, higher ad rates. But, you know, with the way that, that TV is measured now and especially the prevalence of, um, uh, TiVo and like, I guess the crucial statistic is not the overnights anymore, <laughs> not the, like the, uh, the ratings that you get the next morning, but rather, uh, the like um, the the overnights plus seven or I, I forget right, what it's right. called. So it's who uh, who watches the show either the night as it airs or else within seven days of having TV voted. Right. Uh, who knows? I mean, it's like you know, all media is going the way of this podcast. Uh, would you like to go the way of this podcast? You can email us <laughs> at podcast at overthinkingit dot com uh, or give us a call at twenty fat jog zero one uh, or leave a or leave a comment in the in the show notes. Just like Scott, Scott, we really do thank you for for writing in. Yeah, in order to be uh, ridiculed by an asshole like me, Scott. I'm sorry. You know what? If you write into podcast at overthinking it dot com and send like a PO box or something like that. I'll send you a I'll send you a nice gift like a you know I don't know what are these kids what do these kids have these days season four of the wire right yeah whatever the next season of the wire is I'll say that you haven't yet seen I'll send it to you um, oh god I just I just committed to that uh, of a lot of people 
Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, and we need a new sign-off. But in the meantime, uh, uh, can, so- wait, can the wait, wait, can the sign-off uh, somehow be? We should make a sentence that ends in "these fucking teenagers," and we say <laughs> "these fucking teenagers" in unison, right? Right. So how do how do we build up to that? Uh, uh, I don't know. God. Or, or, or we could say, or we say, we subject this. Uh, we we subject these fucking teenagers <laughs> now because we don't we don't want to still have. Do we still want to have a level of scrutiny we probably don't deserve? No, because as we said in the first episode, right, like, we, we believe they do deserve this level of scrutiny, which is why we're giving up an hour of our precious time every week to... Uh, to talk about these fucking, fucking teenagers. <laughs> I really feel yeah. bad about Scott. No, don't. Um, you know, it's you see, you're being a better teacher than even uh, than any of the f- fictional teachers that we uh, talked about. You know, it's true. Um, I mean, you know, if you want to, maybe you should have talked about why that was the incorrect usage of very yeah, similar. Wasn't, it wasn't incorrect. No, it's funny. I was about to break in and say, "Wow, someone's been studying for their SATs." <laughs> <laughs>